Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Slash Film Daily. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and today I wanted to share my interview with actress Toni Collette. Collette was nominated for an Oscar for her performance in The Sixth Sense, and now she's back in the horror genre again with Hereditary, a film so scary it makes The Sixth Sense feel like an episode of Sesame Street. Hereditary is deeply disturbing, an unnerving, visceral piece of filmmaking that will freak you out and leave you profoundly shaken by the time it ends. Colette delivers an absolutely unreal performance in this movie, playing a matriarch whose family becomes haunted when her character's mother dies. She's physical and raw and wounded and grieving and furious. It's arguably the best work of her entire career. We published a full review of the movie at SlashFilm.com, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But I recently sat down with Colette at the film's press junket in Beverly Hills to talk about whether this script intimidated her, what it was like working with first-time director Ari Aster, the scariest thing about this movie for her, and much more. We get into heavy spoilers at a certain point, but I'll interrupt the interview to chime in and give you a warning before that happens, so feel free to listen freely until then. Without further ado, here is my interview with actress Toni Collette. Congratulations on this movie, you're incredible. Oh, wow, thank you very much. I've heard some actors say that being slightly scared of a role is a good sign that they should really sort of take the plunge and take it. Does that apply to you in this case? Were you intimidated by this part when you first read the script? I wasn't intimidated. I just knew that I had to do it and I wasn't entirely sure how I would achieve that. But after making a, a declaration of of uh, kind of pushing <laughs> heavy films away and wanting to focus on lighter things, it was sent to me. I reluctantly read it and then I was I it was inevitable. I had to, I had to do it. Um, I think a little bit of fear is a good thing. Yeah. You've worked with first-time filmmakers before, but this is one of the most demanding roles of your entire career, I think. How much does the director's experience factor into you deciding to take a particular part? It's so funny. I've heard that actors don't want to do certain jobs because the directors are first-time directors, which seems so crazy to me. A, because if the if the director has also written it, there's already a clear understanding mm-hmm. of the, the, their storytelling ability. B, everyone has to start somewhere, so, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> and C, um, 
it's kind of a wonderful thing because they're not set in their ways yet. It's going to be beautifully collaborative on a good day. Right. Um, so it was evident when I spoke to Ari and then met with him. I mean, it was already there in his writing. I mean, it was an undeniable, like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to do this. It's so fucking good kind of situation. But then when I spoke to him, he seemed a little green. He was a bit kind of, you know, fumble, a little fumbly on the phone. And then I met him when I got back to LA. I'd been shooting in Paris, so I spoke to him from there. I got back. We had a meeting. And it was just so clear that he was more than capable. Like, he'd created the most complex complete world he had such um depth of understanding of the human condition really this Mm. is about people who are are grieving and about family dynamics and family is i mean it's whether you get on with your family or not like that those connections are really they're they're powerful and Mm. profound um and to take this story, which seems like it was one thing, and and create a natural extension into what is essentially a different genre um, was just so smart. He's so, so intelligent and so understanding. He was the most prepared, meticulously, specifically prepared director I've ever worked with. Every single thing you see on the screen has is, is absolutely intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know every single person he handpicked every everything in this film is it really is all Ari he's an incredible filmmaker cool um, and he's so humble and sweet and kind and that's pretty rare combination <laughs> yeah, definitely you deliver a lot of really bone chilling <clears throat> primal screams in this movie how exhausting was it to prepare for the uh, mental breakdowns that take place in this story it was almost a, a case of once I decided to do it, that was it. There was no like having to prepare for each scene because there were no easy days on this. Right. Um, so it was kind of a matter of pushing it away until they called action and then just kind of letting it out. Um, yeah. Interesting. Mm. There are a lot of really long takes in this movie too. With your experience working on the stage, was the idea of playing a lot of these scenes out in long takes was that appealing to you was that from the beginning was that part of the process or did it sort of evolve into that on the day uh i'm pretty sure years before we even started filming ari knew exactly which shot oh really which cutting point like every single nuance so um it was something he talked about right off the bat how he was going to shoot it and i found it neither intimidating or or the opposite like it was um it just was what it was yeah. I found all of his decisions in terms of the way he shot it I thought were just really creative and original and um, exciting to work with I, I, I several times went up to he and Pav just going guys this is like the camera Olympics because <laughs> they were just so inventive and they did it in a way which didn't distract from the story mm-hmm. it really did enhance it it's, it's it, and gave it a kind of poetic quality as well yeah for sure uh, I find myself far more frightened of movies like this that deal with spirits and cults and things of that sort than about 
ones that center on masked killers or something like that because I feel like there's some of the stuff the potential is potential for it to be real right yeah, yeah. Is, is, it might be real and I'm just unaware of it and the sixth sense sort of had a little bit of that vibe as well is that something that you're particularly drawn to in a horror film I am not drawn to horror films at all <laughs> I can't watch them but yes very definitely in both this film and the sixth sense I loved that everything that happens within the film actually comes from a very honest place it's actually quite pure and says something very real um, I w- I'm not interested in gratuitous fear, um, mm-hmm. and I think uh, this is a this is a deep, complex story, um, which kind of becomes. I think the scariest thing about the movie, being someone who's optimistic, <laughs> is that. I mean, it it's it is it is a revelatory kind of awakening for this woman. And all these unsettled feelings that she didn't understand her whole life, suddenly it dawns on her and she starts to put it together. And usually you associate that kind of moment in your life with like some kind of progressive positive change. Yes. And this is further entrapment and no hope whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well bleak. as complete betrayal. And it is, I think that's the scariest thing. There is no hope. That sort of leads into my next question, which is, in addition to the traditional horror elements found in this movie, it also really grapples with a ton of these really big ideas, you know, parental resentment and trust in a marriage and feeling guilty about not feeling sad enough at somebody's death. Um, Were there any, which of those aspects or any others that, uh, were there any that, I guess, that you connected with more than others when you first... Oh, I loved all of them. They all seem somewhat contrary and yet very real and probably very... um... Uh, very common Mm. Um, I think the idea of motherly love is um, is an ideal actually now because relationships are complicated people are complicated and and hormones are complicated and there are there are certain things we expect from mothers which seem to be quite archaic now (laughs) and I love that within this film there are very very individual real responses from my character um, and that she's not just this kind of um, uh, two-dimensional woman like Mm -hmm. she is at times incredibly unlikable and I like that yeah hey it's Ben from the present just wanted to drop in and issue a massive spoiler warning like seriously this is a huge huge spoiler warning for something that happens in hereditary if you've enjoyed what you've heard and you have any interest in seeing this movie and haven't seen it yet I would highly 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 recommend stopping the episode now going to check out the film and then coming back and listening to the rest because for real last time this is a spoiler warning all right here we go can you tell me about the scene at the end with Annie sort of on the ceiling of the attic and when she's sawing through her own head? I mean, like, I lost my mind in the theater. Was that you up there? Did they make a, a bust of your being... head? How did that... So what was that like on the day, shooting that? Um, it felt like another film, to be honest. Really? There was nothing, like, particularly unnerving about how, like, uh, unsettling that was? Or is that just the filmmaking coming through? On the day, it was fine? On the day, it was just kind of strange and quite funny. Really? Because it was so distant from everything that we'd been doing that was really, really grounded in something um, very real. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obviously horrible. 
and I, there was a whole kind of prosthetic that was made for me and I really did have a piano string and Ari was very I, I one thing I really love about the film is it's got its its own rhythm it's not trying to you know pander to people and please people it just is very confident has its own rhythm and um, even the sound it, it, it's very specific and it's it, it was all something that Ari was creating and aware of and it's all intentional and as I was pulling the piano string he would go now 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 until it's, it started to speed up and then obviously afterwards um, they added the sound of mm-hmm. falling to the ground uh, off my body <laughs> and, <laughs> um, so I didn't quite lose my head <laughs> um, but yeah it was a strange one because even though um, I love the ambiguity of the maniacal quality that my character starts to um, creep towards towards the end of the film, because mm-hmm. you really don't know whether she's losing it or whether she's literally finding it. Right. Um, and so from that kind of speeded up um, place, it just leaps into something which... T- given what we'd already worked on it did kind of feel far-fetched but it's not within the context of the story but on the day it was like this is bonkers yeah (laughs) is this the first time you've played a character who's caught on fire yeah what was that experience like for you um so i had i had like a thick shirt on so that they could put i guess what is this essentially like a steel plate underneath my the shirt on my forearm and it was almost like a gas fireplace so once they turned it on it was going to light up but it was controllable but um yes it it did concern me (laughs) (laughs) okay i probably have time for one more question are you somebody who takes the character home with you or are you able to really disconnect from that at the end of the day a bit of both um, and I would always in the past have answered the, the, the absolutely the latter but in the last several years and the reason I had said to my agent I don't want to do anything heavy is because I did start to find things were accumulating and I had to figure out a way to kind of shake it off um, yeah so with this so I am figure I am figuring that out and um, I don't want to be I want I, I I am so thankful I got this role because I mean actors I certainly do I want to go for it and you don't you rely on someone else's words right so it really is a gift to get this from Ari because I imagine most actors want the opportunity to really go for it so as intimidating as it can seem if you're exhausted one day or you've just you know been on the phone to you know any element you didn't sleep or fucking haven't eaten enough like it it nothing ever got in the way of it it was all kind of gravy it just felt um special as we were making it cool well thanks very much for your time i appreciate it (laughs) god it's getting later today i'm putting myself to sleep (laughs) nice to meet you you. thank you so much yeah no problem um i just wanted to let you know that i'm a big fan of the way way back too i loved your work in that movie i feel like that was uh not enough people talk about that one so it's great so nice thank Thank you you. take care there you have it hope you enjoyed our conversation and you can find more about hereditary at slashfilm.com 
Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and television, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find at SlashFilm.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and be sure to send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at SlashFilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That really helps us out in terms of visibility. Tell your friends, spread the word any way you can. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.